Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, welcome back to 442. Straight away, off the bat, information. Every Monday at half past five will be the YouTube format of the podcast. But at noon on Monday... You'll be able to find the audio version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play and all your other podcast providers. And on Thursday at half past five, you'll always get the golf. So without further ado, let's get into today's video, which is the best football story from the podcast so far. So enjoy the video. Make sure you click that like button and subscribe. Let me ask you about Warnock again. So you've gone into Warnock. He's left. Mm. He's got sacked, obviously, relegation. Could you have foreseen the career he went on to have as a manager? Then, no, no, uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I if I said I could. He was absolutely crackers at Notts County. People think he was he was crackers everywhere he went. But he, I played for him again later, and he, and he calmed down a lot. But no, he, he was very good. I, I think Neil's biggest strength was his man management. His he was fan, yeah, fantastic man manager. Very little coaching. Always had decent coaches with him and, and, and left them to it. You'd probably only see him Thursday most weeks, but he knew. He knew the players who he needed to give a bollocking to. He knew the players that he'd have to tell him how good they was. And that was his that was his biggest strength. He'd forged that siege mentality. You know, nobody likes me, nobody likes us, Will Sharm and that. But I mean to go on, I, I think he's the most ever promoted manager. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I think he's up you there, he's got a bit. So no, I, I I didn't foresee that he'd go on and, and, and do what he did in the game. You know, he's he's had a, an amazing career really when you look back at it. Well just yeah. We'll yeah. just stay on Notts County. He idolised Cloughy. Oh, absolutely idolised him. Absolutely idolised him. Just tell a quick story about where we used to train. We used to train at a place called Boots. So we had like a really shabby training facility. It was like a chain link fence and forest state-of-the-art facility. So we'd be training then sort of 10, 30, 11, normally on a Thursday or a Friday. These two golden retrievers would fucking run on the pitch. fucking letting the dogs run around. And you'd see Clough and Archie Gemmell walking across. So instead of Cluffy walking round their session, you just fucking walk straight through the middle of it. Straight so through the middle of the Straight through the middle. Straight through the middle of it. <laughs> the middle of it. <laughs> Morning, Neil. So like, Warnock could almost stand to attention. You'd have to stand still. Morning, Mr Clough. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, great, great, great. All the best Saturday. 
So I like to walk around, right, start again. But that was just, just the norm. But Warnock absolutely idolised Clough. So probably the only person on the planet that could have, could have got uh, away with that. Unbelievable, yeah. Un unbelievable. I think he could have done it twice every day, seven days a week, and Warnock wouldn't have batted an eyelid. That's how highly he thought of Brian Clough. And like you said earlier, with him maybe not seeing so much of him during the week and just turn, turning up on a Thursday a couple of days before the game mm. for preparation time, along the lines of Cloughy. Yeah, and I think that is one of the things that he took from uh, from Cloughy. Um, obviously, Cloughy was a bit of a renegade himself. I think Neil's, I think we'll all agree, he's been a bit of a renegade and outspoken down the years. So I think he was he was heavily influenced by Cloughy. I'm not putting him in the same league yeah. as Cloughy, but I think he was heavily influenced by him. You just said there a second ago there about the chain link fence between the two training areas. Did Notts County, as a player there, did you always look over and envy? Did you always feel like the poor relation? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like when we, we'd always play in friendlies pre-season or the County Cup and different things like that. And I always remember they were always sponsored by BMW. So you go into there and they'd all have these sponsored BMWs. We'd have old fucking Cavaliers and Fiestas <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we always felt like the, I'd rather be that side of the fence looking, you know, looking yeah. out. But, no, it was, I mean, they're fantastic. Club. But, again, probably there gives you... A target, doesn't it? It gives you a goal. Yeah. I want to be, I want to have that yeah, BMW yeah. and I want to be in, on yeah. that side of the fence. We all want to be under big wages. Yeah. We all want to be driving a nice car, playing as uh, the best standard we can. So, yeah, I think it's, you have to aspire to those things, don't you? Semi-finals, Ajax away, yeah. Mr Clough. Yeah. Does something a bit different, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, we, get, we arrive on the, uh, the Monday, uh, arrive at the hotel, and he said... Uh, Bags down, let's go for a walk. Fine, where do you go for a walk in Amsterdam? Red light area. Um, where I'm walking at the back and I see Clough and Taylor right at the front. There's a big, a big long line of us now because we all stretched out. And I see Mr. Clough in the doorway chatting to the, one of the women. We're all going, oh, what's the gaffer up to, blah, blah, blah. So then he says, everybody here, come here. So get together around this area and he said by the way I've negotiated with these ladies uh, and the club's paying we went what <laughs> everybody's shooting that all over the place especially the younger ones the older ones the married ones just stayed with the rest of the group but the, it was uh, a strange time I don't think many managers would be doing that I can't imagine uh, Arsene Wenger and I can't imagine uh, Pep Guardiola doing things that Mr Clough did I'll say one thing though, it worked, got to the final. Got to the final, yes, it did. But you did something again, different again though, didn't it? The game the game was like that, really. We need we needed to get a point. Uh I think Ian Bowyer scored. Uh, I didn't play the Cologne match they got beat, and then I they but and I, there was I was suspended, so we don't know if he was gonna play me. He plays me in that game and Ian Bowyer scores and we managed to win. I think we won one nil to go through. But final in Madrid. Yeah. Against a much fancied Kevin Keegan Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. Short shorts back in the day. <laughs> Very short shorts, yeah. He did something different again, didn't he? Yeah, he took us to the outskirts of Madrid. Um, no, um, he said, uh, I've got a complex for us to, tra to train. Um, so we arrived there. A, there's no footballs. B, there's no grass area to train. Is a snooker table, pool, uh, pool table. There's table tennis table, dartboard, and um, pack of cards. Said uh, 
this is the this is the Monday. Game's not till the Wednesday. So uh, we thought it was a bit novel. Fine. So uh, after two days, Peter Shielden says, "Listen, boss, I have not had touch of the ball for two days now since the last game. I need to feel a ball. I need to feel a football." He went. For you, this is the only person I'm going to let train. Now, Jimmy Gordon is the coach, has got to go down to Madrid and try and find some footballs for him. So he gets some footballs, and the only grass he could find near the hotel was an island with loads of stones on. So Jimmy Gordon had to go there, pick all these big boulders off, and find a place where he could throw balls to Pete Shilton so he could throw them back and so he could get a feel of the ball. And maybe, maybe two weeks later, I'm in Nottingham, and I say, and then my mate says to me, I was, I was on, I was going to the Madrid game, not the night of the game, day before, and I think I saw Peter Shilton on an island, diving, saving. Oh, well, a roundabout island. A roundabout island. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he went, yeah, that's correct, yeah, because that's the only bit of grass they could find, and that's when Peter warmed, got himself warmed up for a European Cup final, which was going to be maybe a day or two days later. Rafa come in. Yeah. He's had a bit of bad press about dealing with people. I might have mellow no. What was he like? I hope he has. Um, not good. Not good. Man the, um, opposite to Hulia then. Chalk, you went and picked you up yourself. Chalk and cheese. Alarm sense. bells. Yeah, I'm thinking alarm right. bells. Well, he's, so he's took me out, right? And I'm thinking, oh my God. So he literally, from where we were, he said, right, stand there. He threw the ball at me. He went, I just wanted to punch it back like this. Just punch the ball back to me. Like, I'm thinking, oh no, what have we got here? And then he put some crosses in for me and I've come and took them like I always do, clean. He went, no, 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 no. He says, you punch everything now. He says, you, you, you do not catch the ball. He says, I want you to play the foreign way. You, you punch everything away. So straight away I thought, it's going against everything that I've grew up with. You couldn't go and see him about if you had an issue back home or you need to call your missus to a doctor's appointment, whatever like that. He was just football, football, football. And he didn't want to know unless it was about football. Just didn't care. Didn't no. have that personal touch. No, no, no. See, so going back to that personal goalkeeping session he had with you. Oh, I was horrendous. Yeah. Do you think he was just what making his mind up on you, or probably? Yeah. Probably he's thinking, will, will this lad do what I want him to do? Uh, we had a goalie coach, and he was a span. So I'd worked, always worked a certain way. Hard, Oggy, Jim Blythe, or Joe Corrigan when I first went to Liverpool. Um, up, down, repetitions, and that was what I, that's what got me to where, where I was. And then this uh, Rafa coming and bought a Spanish goalie coach, and so Joe got sacked, and it was just completely opposite. You, you, it was just did he play? Basically, did he didn't train. English? There was nothing. Like the goalie, we would be out training. The goalie coach would still be inside in the building having a cup of tea. And we'd start. We'd have already started honestly, and it'd, it'd bowl out like 45, 50 minutes into the session. I'm thinking, what's going on here? And, and then he'd come over, he'd, you'd do a couple of volleys, and that was it. And yeah, so in the end, me and a young lad at Liverpool, we used to finish training and go down the local park and train each other. Seriously? Liverpool. Yes. Was that a case of job for the boys then? It was just the way they did. Listen, yeah. he was the manager. Yeah. He was the manager. So it was his way, or, or you're out. You know, and eventually I had, to, I had to leave. But such a shame because the work ethic that you've built up, you know what I mean, all of a sudden goes down the pan quickly. Yeah. And you feel the need, you've got to go and do extra training just yeah. to keep yourself Oh, in we, were, we I mean, we trained in cow field sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It was just to get that bit of sharpness in. But he's the manager. You know, if you, yeah. if you don't do what he wants, right or wrong, you, you'll be out. So I knew my time was, was coming to an end there. 
Uh, and then he pulled me back from holiday early, um, and I was away. You're on, was this pre-season then? Or? This was before pre-season. So you're on holiday? So I'm on holiday, got a call off the club saying, oh, Rafa wants to see you come back. So I'm thinking, oh, what's this about? Gone in and he says, right, you can leave. I was like, can you just tell me that on the phone? So yeah, got me up. But that was his way of saying, I'm in charge. You do what I want you to do. But that's, again, no man management at all. 2005 season, contract coming up. Rumours Man City and Liverpool came in for you? Yes. Never thought of leaving? Only for Liverpool, not for City. Who was the manager? Stuart Pearce? Manager yes, at Man City? Benitez at Liverpool? Yes. I had uh, Stuart Pearce uh, uh, interest um, with good contract, but uh, at that point, us and City, we are uh, in the same, same level. Sorry. And... Uh, for me, it was not point, uh, like I said before, with Olympiacos. It was not no point for me to leave uh, Bolton and uh, go to City. As a sideways move. It's, uh, it would be the same. Mm. Better money, but not always money is uh, first priority in your life. Did you... I was settled. I was happy. My family was happy. I had this affiliation and this bond with the fans. Uh, I would live only for a, a big club. And Liverpool... Uh, was uh, the big club. Going, going back to Manchester City, did you speak face-to-face -face with Stuart Pearce? Yes. Did he come across as somebody who really wanted you? Yes. But he, your wanted decision... me, he wanted me badly. But your decision was made. Yeah, I, I just went for... Uh, because I wanted to be polite. I already knew the answer before the meeting. Okay. So Rafa Benitez, the manager at Liverpool, who you've seriously thought about then, you obviously met him face to face. No, I never met him face to face. Uh, he was calling me every single day because uh, <laughs> it was uh, up to his lawyer and the lawyer of uh, Liverpool to send the official offer to to the club here because I had a small uh, small amount of money close in my contract. Is that a million pounds? A million pounds, yeah. which was for Liverpool. It's nothing, you know, and. Um, uh, he was calling me every single day to, to, to tell me to be careful in the training, don't get injured, because after, uh, in the midday, they will send the, the, the offer. And that went on the whole week. And after the training, he was uh, calling me again to see if I was injured or not, you know, to, <laughs> to make the move. I said, no, I'm not injured, I'm, I'm okay. Next day, the same. I say, why you don't say the you don't send the the the, the offer? He says, yes, it's a conflict with the lawyers and your club and my club. It's not in our hands. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. And uh, as the week uh, was going to the end, we were playing um, West Ham away. Friday morning, uh, Big Sam hugs me. He takes me to his office, locks the the office, put the key in the in the pocket. I said, Gaffa, we have the training. Forget the training. We have a game tomorrow, Gaffa. Forget the game. You renew the, your contract now. I say, my agent. Me and you. <laughs> I say, okay. He's a big lad though, isn't he? 
So he wasn't going to let you leave that room no. until you signed that contract. Correct. Yeah. You're not going out of this room if you don't renew your contract. Wow. I said, we have some more episodes before that. Uh, I had uh, some conversation with uh, the ex-chairman, uh, uh, Mr. Gartside, uh, which uh, we fell out. Uh, I made my demands clear. He told me that uh, there's no way for, uh, for us to pay these uh, contracts. We don't pay this money to any footballer. So you stay on the money that you have now. Okay. I stay on the money. Okay. And uh, the, the interest of Liverpool comes and all the situations changes. changes. I play uh, the previous, uh, the last game before that week against Newcastle. And after the game, I, I shake my hands to the fans like this. And uh, the chairman thought that I was saying goodbye to the fans. Okay. But I didn't. I was just uh, waving to the fans after the games. You, as you clap and... Uh, <laughs> and he said, what was that? You did to the fans. You said uh, bye-bye. I said, no. I didn't say bye-bye. I said, uh, thank you. Great, uh, great performance. Thank you very much for the uh, backing the team and stuff. He said, no, no. You said goodbye because of these rumors of City and Liverpool. I said, no. Anyway, and uh, when uh, Big Sam uh, locked me to the to the office, I told him, "What about uh, the chairman?" I am the chairman, he says. <laughs> Leave it to me. Leave it with me. Okay, and uh, I said uh, this uh, situation very very delicate because Liverpool at any day will send the offer. They will send nothing. How much you want? You know how much I want. This. Okay, anything else? We put some extra bonuses and stuff. You say, are you happy? I say, yes. He calls his PA. He says, prepare this number, this, 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 this. Stelios, contract, now, five minutes. And in five minutes, I, I signed the contract and I went out and Big Sam told to the lads, Stelios just renews his contract and everybody was clapping, celebrating. And after we, we trained, we got the train from Preston. We go. We, we went to to West Ham. We won, I think, because it was a habit for us to win home and away in them them days. I was very very happy to renew my contract. Let's finish on Finland because you were there for a few years. I, I listened to a story last night and I thought it was great how you told it. Spain away, World Cup champions yeah. there, or European Cup winners yeah. at the time. Yeah. When I was a Finland manager, I wanted to play attacking football. I wanted to play a passing football and really and overload the, the certain areas and make sure that we have passing options and, and attack and create goal-scoring opportunities um, uh, through that. So, uh, but uh, again, Spain, you know, we took the, the spoon, put the spoon in the mouth, you know. Not going to work them tactics here, humble is manner. No, because you get beat 7-0. Uh, so so we, um, we, we basically, we were a tight unit. Uh, block, low block, and, and we had a clear plan, counter-attacking and all that. And he worked a treat. He worked a treat. As a manager, while it's working, are you like thinking, oh, this is working, this it. is working? Because it's all like, it. It's a chess game for you, though, isn't it? Are you yes. explaining it, isn't it? And I'm, I'm even shouting to the boys, you know, uh, and the boys are feeling it. You know, players are feeling it, whether tactics are working or not. 100% straight away, they know it. 
And I'm even, I'm even shouting to the boys, it's working, in Finnish, of, co- of course. It's working, come on, keep, keep the same. It's working, keep it up. And, and then they never score, they never score. Then they score from the bloody corner kick. Spain, Damn. full of midgets. Hi. 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 They score. Okay, okay, it was Ramos. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was Erge Ramos. Was it true you was... Uh... Pinging three kicks in with oh, our, our backs. No, I was training. Yeah, training. That we finished training. Um, Capello goes. All right, everyone go cool down. So everyone's stretching. But Bex is going to do three kicks. I'm thinking, I'm not missing this chance. <laughs> I was straight over them. They're probably looking at me like, it's like six foot four, six foot five, skinny lad going to three kicks. Like this is not going to look good. But I swear I was better than him at three kicks that day. I'm not saying ever, but that day, and he he looked at me. I put one in the top corner. He went fucking hell, wait. Please tell me you're like a young boy running over. Bex, Bex, hold on. Oh, I was, I'll I was, fire a few with you. I was straight over. I said, oh, can I take a few with you? So yeah, no problem. I even said to him one time, so I'm going to go keep a side here. Joe was in goal, whipped it, just went in like the, in the triangle at the top corner. It was just all going perfect. Capello came over, went, that's enough now. So I'll just finish on a goal. <laughs> straight over, over the wall, top bin. He's obviously taken quite a bit from you. Bex. I think he had, you know, yeah. I'm telling I was like, you. just take your time, Bex. He was hitting the wall and all this. I was like, Bex, just relax, mate, relax. So, obviously, moving up to, to Glasgow, uh, obviously the family, everyone moves up there. You settle in quickly, hit the ground running. First old firm game. Got a red card. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know. He's done his research on this one. He hasn't done a research on the Newcastle days. He's done his research on Celtic, though. Explain the pressures of an old firm game. Oh, it's just it's just something. Unless you've experienced it, which I'm no doubt you have. No, I have. Have you? Have you? I'm, I'm, well, Gary Hooper, but, but three to, goals. To a lot of the audience who probably are watching this or listening to this, unless you've experienced either as a fan or as a player, it's difficult to explain. The atmosphere is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's a bit different now because I think they only allow 500 or 1,000 yeah. opposing fans in. But back in the day, whether Rangers were coming to Celtic Park or Celtic were going to Ibrox, you'd get a full end. I've done my research. You get 7,500 each. 7,500 each. So that, that makes for a hell of an atmosphere and it's just unbeatable. I played in some big stadiums, big atmospheres, but that's something else. But what's different with Rangers Celtic is... It's not that day. It it's build up to it, isn't it? Day, day and day. I think it's a build day. up, and it's the days after it's it the as aftermath well. Aftermath as well. Yeah, I think it's. it's uh, I think it's. It's more after than what it is before. Tell us a story. Celtic Park playing Rangers, trying to take a corner. Oh man, I was taking a corner at the Rangers end. So as you've just said, seven, seven and a half thousand Rangers fans in this two tiers, front and top, and they just start throwing spuds, man. <laughs> I mean, from I mean, anyone being to Celtic Park, the top, well, top high, tiers, like that, yeah. steep and high. And they just started coming down. And one of them hits me on the napper. Game over, and isn't You've got to laugh about it. Now, I find it fun. I know it's wrong. I, didn't, I, didn't I know it's wrong. Corner. I didn't even take the corner. I just ran towards the middle of the pitch to get out of the way of these spuds, man. Yeah. Somebody else I find that yeah. funny, though. I, do. I know I shouldn't laugh. Yeah. I find it funny, man. Yeah. But it, yeah. They were just taking the piss out of the potato famine, weren't they? So yeah. that was their idea of banter. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I'm not going for Brian Clough. How did that come about? A little bit, like I said before, about clubs needing money. You know, Chesterfield have pushed the boat out a bit. Um, for players, you know, bringing them in and they, they wanted to have a little go to try and get into the championship. Um, just missed out um, uh, on goal difference, I think it was. Um, if, the, if the point system would have been three points in that season, we'd have, we'd have been promoted. But it was two points and we didn't go up. Sheffield Wednesday went up in our place. Two points for a win? Yeah. yeah in those, was it? In those days, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, I didn't know that, John. Yeah. So, um, show me in, sorry, there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, in that respect, we you know we the, the team again had, had peaked to a certain degree in terms of finances at the club, they couldn't, they just couldn't continue, you know, um, paying players or, or keeping players they need to sell. And that's where it came along. I think Derby County came in for me. Um, Peter Taylor had gone to Derby County, who's obviously he's very close right hand man for many years. Um, and I think they got a sniff of it at Forest, and um, I don't think you know they were in the best of, of, of terms with each other at that time. I think he possibly wanted to put one over on Peter. You said so, he bought you out of spite. No, I wouldn't say out of spite. No, but I think he, he just got in front of him. He wanted to get him. You know, he just yeah, wanted to get you're me. You're not having him. I'm having him. I think so. Thing. Yeah, and and. Um, and by the way, Forrest have just won the European Cup as well, you know. So got some players from, as well. Yeah, they? yeah. So from um, from my point of view, that's one of my passes that. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, from my point of view, I think it was uh, it was a no-brainer, you know, Forrest and, and Derby. Yeah. Although they're both big clubs, and possibly Derby might be a bigger club. You know, who, who, you know, there's a big argument there. But I think on uh, that particular era, uh, Forrest were great. You know, great players. So uh, they came in and, and and asked us to go down to. Um, to the city ground, me and Frank Barlow, Frank was my manager then, Arthur Cox had gone to Newcastle. And um, they sat us down and he said to Frank, they said, right, Frank, he says, uh, you know, how much do you want? He says, he said, as much as I can get. They said, well, it's 90 grand, isn't it? That was what we're going to pay you. He says, yes. He says, how do you want it? Want, uh, no, he said, I need it yesterday. And he just said, how much will he get to replace me? You know, and, and he said, oh, I won't get it, that goes straight to the club. So, um, so Brian Clough said, right, okay, so we give him two players as well. He gave him a lad called Calvin Plummer, um, another a midfield player, Steve. Sorry, I can't remember his second name. Um, and though both of us played, played virtually every game for Chesterfield, and it was a good signing for them, really. That's class by Brian Clough. Like it was, yeah. Great gesture. Yeah, and, it, and he gave him the money up front <coughs> and everything. So that eased the pressure on Frank and the club. Um, but it's, it still didn't help, really, because the team was just. You know, everybody was 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 leaving type of thing, um, and that's why. But um, the the signing, uh, uh, sorry, the agreements for the contract was an interesting one because he said I had no agent, didn't never used an agent. I was always had a, a belief in I could sit in front of somebody and, and have a, an argument about what I, what I thought it was worth and what they thought it was worth. 
So um, we ended up, he offered me a, a contract of, of a certain amount of money, and I was, no, and it was about 50 quid difference. So he says, I tell you what, young man, get yourself out there, walk round the city ground inside, tell, have a good look at it, come back in here and tell me if you still want that 50 quid. So I went outside and I looked round and I was great stadium, into there. <laughs> I've just come from Chesterfield. A great stadium. So I come back in and... It's done you there, haven't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I was going to accept it anyway. It, I was just being... I thought I'd just be... Chasing around. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I, wanted be, I didn't want to be a pushover, that's me. me. Yeah. So, um, so I came back in and he says, uh, what do you think then? I went, yeah, I'll take it. Thanks, Gaffer. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll... He says, it's a good fucking job. He said, because you've been down back to that shit hole you've just come from <laughs> if you had to accepted it. <laughs> and I went, all right. And he went, and you can have that 50 quid. And they give it me anyway. Brilliant. So anyway, that's just the way, you know, that was the start of, of, of a fantastic learning curve from my point of view. So back up to Elgin. 42 goals in 60 games. People must have come knocking on the door then. How it came about anyway. So phone call from Jerry. By this time, Jerry now has took the Weymouth job. And Weymouth were a big non-league club. A nice place as well. Let's just... Put a map side. up there now. Yeah. You're at Elgin. Weymouth's past Yeovil. That's even more... It's only, it's only an hour and a half from Yeovil, hour and 20 minutes from Yeovil, right? So it's going back to the kind of area, anyway, that I knew. We used to go down to Weymouth to the beach and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So it was a nice place. And uh, so Jerry had got the Weymouth job and on the phone talking to me and offered me great... I mean, he offered me a flat down there, a car, decent money. That was fine to me. No problem. He Were goes, you with the missus then? Yeah, yeah. Did she move up from yep. Yeovil with you? Yep. Right. Any and kids? Two. You had two kids already then? Two were born in Yeovil. Right, okay. So, two. I had to count now. <laughs> so, Jerry's coming up. Jerry's now flying up on this specific day. I'm going to Inverness Airport to pick him up, take him through to the club, sign, done and dusted. Right, they've agreed the fee, £25,000. For a non-league. And what, what league were you in there, Elgin? Island League. How, so you weren't even like this... No, nope. That's just still below the second division, is it, in Scotland? Yeah, still part-time. You know what I mean? So, Jerry's come up, £25,000. Banker's draft. That's got to be big money then. Yeah, up front. Banker's draft, everyone done. So he's, I've picked him up at the airport, drove him back to the to the ground, and as you walk into the ground at Borough Briggs, you walk in, you've got... To go into the boardroom, you've got to walk past the secretary's office. So Jerry's got the briefcase, walking into the boardroom, and I was having the secretary popped his head out of his office and said, John, could I have a quick word? I went, I know what he said. I said, Jerry, you carry on in. I'll be in a minute. No problem. So Jerry goes in, sits down, places all his papers and forms out on the on the boardroom table, banker's draft, everything all neat and tidy. I've gone into the secretary's office, and he's gone there. And I've looked at them all, and all their faces are like dead serious. And I don't know, something's happened. And the, and the chairman was in, and he went, uh, John McNeil's been on the phone. And straight away, I went, straight away, Billy McNeil, Celtic. Right? <laughs> I went, Billy? They went, no, Ian McNeil, Shrewsbury. I went, ah, right, right. You have to phone him. He wants to sign you. I went, no, I can't. I'm signing for Jerry. Jerry's in there. And they went, yeah, but he's. Down there, they're League One, which is the championship. That's right. League Two. So it was a championship, right? Shrewsbury. And I, I didn't know where Shrewsbury was. Did you not? Didn't have a clue. Did not have a clue. So I've gone, you have to phone him. So I went, all right, so we'll leave you. 
So they all went into the boardroom, left me in the secretary's office, got on the phone. Hello, Mr. McNeil, John McGinley. He went, ah, John, John, how you? I no bad. John, I want to sign you. I went, Mr. McNeil, I'm just about to sign for uh, Jerry Gow. He's a manager of Weymouth. He says, I know. And what it was, Ian's son, Ian Jr., lived in Aberdeen, and he had watched me numerous times. And he got alerted, he read it in the papers that Jerry Gow was flying up to sign me. They had agreed a fee. And so he's got on the phone to his dad and said, look, if you want them, you're going to have to go with it. Like, So Ian didn't, hadn't actually seen me himself. It was his son. Right. So I'm speaking on the phone to him and I goes, right. He goes, no, no, no. I said, Mr. McNeil, I'm not coming down for a trial. And he says, no, 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 we're going to sign you. I went, okay, right. And that was it. So I've gone back into the boardroom now and they're all sitting still around the table and you can see them twiddling their I thumbs. I take it as he matched the fee? Should be yeah, time, right. Exactly the same. So he's, they're all twiddling their thumbs in there, sort of tapping the table and stuff. And I've gone in and Jerry's looking at me. I goes, uh, excuse me, guys, can I give him a couple of minutes with Jerry? And they went, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I've said to Jerry, look, Ian McNeil's been on the phone from Shrewsbury. It's a championship. I'm going to take it. Am I right, though, just championship then? <clears throat> Chelsea and Leeds? Or in it was Man City, Leeds, Chelsea... Uh, I mean, there were massive clubs in there. They really were. And, you know, Jerry's he's there and he's going, no, 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 come down and I'll give you more wages. I'll, I'll give you this, I'll give you that. And I went, Jerry, it's not about that. It's about the opportunity. And he went, yeah, but if you come and do well for me, you'll still get, you'll get an opportunity. I said, yeah, but I'm getting the opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, so for about two or three minutes, he's, he's, he's went back and forth and tried to sort of, dissuade me from, from going to Shrewsbury and in the end he stood up, put his hand out and he went, as long as I get first dibs and if it doesn't work out. And I went, no problem. So we shook hands on it. He put all his paperwork back in his back in his briefcase. What did he offer you? I'm just going to be honest. I mean, cheeky. What did he offer me? Car, house. A flat. It was a flat, a car and £300 a week. Right. Okay. And there was a signing-on fee, and I think the signing-on fee was 10 grand or something. Right. Big money, that. It was. We considered, listen, I didn't didn't have 10 pence of scratch my backside, you know what I mean? So it was big money. and uh, But it wasn't proper football still, was it? Yeah, no. Disrespect, it was Well, you can place your boots up against Chelsea, Man City, so it's different. So I drove down, ended up got down to Shrewsbury late that night, and I was booked in, they'd booked me into this uh, guest house place, and, and I arrived there. Uh, next morning, got up, had to go into the ground for 10 o'clock. Sign your contract? To sign my contract. So I goes in, right, and, and there was a gaffer. He was there, Ian was there, and, and welcomed me and, and everything else. So I've gone in, and he's gone, John, we're just waiting on, uh, on the secretary. He's not here at the moment. Malcolm Starkey was his name. I just remembered that there. He says, Malcolm's out just now. He's got something to do and I'll be back in a wee bit. He says, uh, he says, go in the dressing room and, and put some gear on and we'll just, we'll go do a wee bit in the pitch. I went, what do you mean do a bit in the pitch? Anyway, goes in, puts some gear on, goes out. Walked out onto the pitch and there he's got, he's got two YTS boys on the right, two YTS boys on the left. He's got a goalkeeper in goals and he's got like a midfield player feeding the balls to these boys. And he's going, John, just go on and do a wee bit of finishing in that. All right, right? So 
loads of balls in there, pinging them out, right, left, putting them in, headers, volleys, everything else. So I'm out there for about 10, 15 minutes, and he's going, right, that's enough, John, in you come. And do you know what? That was your trial, wasn't it? That was my trial. It, and it was so like, he's done you, But he did me so... The secretary was it wasn't there on purpose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You probably he, were. He wanted to see me finish, and he wanted to see me moving and, and control and everything else, you know? So that was his... He did it sneaky, like, and, and, and very clever the way he did it, but that was it. So came in, signed, uh, signed that day, trained oh. with, the, with the team the next day, trained again on the Friday, and then I made my debut on the Saturday. I went on at half-time. I think it was away at Walsall, and I went on at half-time for Jim Melrose. Uh, and then the end, I, I, I was really brought in to probably replace Jim. So... And that was it. And it, like you said, straight away, Chelsea, Manchester City, Leeds United. I mean, the games that, that were in that league at the you time. You must have been the underdogs in that league, wouldn't you? Well, we were. We, I mean, we were releg they were in the relegation when, it, when I, I signed for them, and we did. We went down that season. I'm going to say then, 19 years at United, who were your best mates? Who did you get close to? Uh, Wayne. Wayne, because I met Wayne before he came to United when he was at when he was at Everton and I was with England. So obviously he burst on the scene at 16 years old and within a year he'd bypassed like the under-18s, under-21s of the England setups and come straight in with our first team. So I got to know him very, very early doors um, and we uh, we came quite close very quickly. So I knew him well before he even came to Man United and we stayed friends ever since. And like we were literally in each other's pockets 11 months of the year. The only times we were away from each other was when He'd be on holiday with his family. Um, and we'd just literally spend all time together. Even when I didn't want him anywhere near me because I wanted a little bit of a break, he'd still be knocking on my hotel room door, saying, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing? Young though, wasn't he? Raw. Well, back then he was, yeah. Back then he was, uh, listen, he... He's a kid, isn't he? He's got, you've got he to was a kid, kid. still. He was a kid, he was so right. He, he, when he burst on that scene, 18, 17, 18, 19, that 2003-04 sort of area... He was the only one of the last 20 years that could have given Ronaldo and Messi a run for the money for Ballon d'Or, in my eyes. He was he was phenomenal. We should win the 2004 Euros if he doesn't break his foot. Do you reckon? Yeah. Because you were so close to him, Rod, you were one of the first people to know that he was making the move to Man United. I was, yeah. I was. That was and you uh, gave him a bit of advice, didn't you? Went to yeah. Alex. yeah, so, so we, uh, we're, in, we're in the uh, hotel, the team hotel in, in Portugal, in Lisbon. Um, middle of the Euro 2004 tournament and uh, me and him are downstairs in the games room playing playing FIFA on uh, PlayStation and we just sat there and play and he turned around and he said to me Rod he said uh, if I'm going to ring your boss like what do I call him I went what you mean Sir Alex he went yeah I went well he's my boss I'd call him boss but you'd call him Sir Alex because you don't really know him he's like right okay I said hang on whoa, you're going you're gonna to ring him what, what you come to us. He went, well, what do you think? I'm going to ring your boss. What do you think? I said, right, we'll just call him Sir Alex, mate. Call him Sir Alex. And I'm buzzing now because my mate's going to come and sign for us. I'm thinking, oh, brilliant. Call him Sir Alex. Don't get it wrong. Call him Sir Alex. He went, right, okay. Anyway, he gets his phone out, rings him. Oh, there and then? There and then. There While he's away with England? While he's away with England. In the team hotel. Gets his phone, it rings him. All right, Alex, it's Wayne. Oh, <laughs> God. And that was him. Like he just. I reckon care. Sir Alex would have liked that. 
I know, so I know Sir Alex. And then. All right, you know and him, he, he, he doesn't like being called Alex. Like he doesn't like it. He likes to be called Sir Alex. He, he likes he, it well, he's earned the right. I've seen him many a time say to someone who's gone, Alex, can you sign this for us, Alex? And he'd go, what, did I go to school with you? It's Sir Alex to you, you know? That's what he was like, Sir Alex. And probably because it's somebody so young as well. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, a lack to of respect, thing. Definitely. That's it. But in saying that... He was desperate for him as well. Yeah. He knew that this was the world's hottest talent yeah. and he was on the verge of signing him. You know you know how I said yeah, he was pretty chilled out when we sat down, had a cup of tea, having a chat and a couple of sandwiches. Fucking forget that. Was that just for that? Fucking For that man. meeting? Jesus. You know to talk about... Don't get me wrong, I've never seen Sir Alex Ferguson give the hairdryer, but this hairdryer was on fucking turbo charge. I know this is true, but this is Martin O'Neill, he says he come in and his team talk at our time, can you stop passing the ball to Savage? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Don't know what it came well, about. John will tell you, any footballer worth a salt will tell you, you know, we wanted, we like to play under Colin Torrey, we wanted to play football. If you give the ball away, you're the first one to go and get it back. And they're always drilling to you, don't give the ball away. Don't give the ball away. And if you're the first one to give it away, you go and, get, you go and win it back. Apart from, obviously, John McGinley and Tony Cotter. There's only certain <laughs> players in a team. But everybody else, us mere mortals, if you give the ball away, it's your fault, number one. Number two, you have to make sure you win it back as quick as possible. You know you know all this gang and prayer, and they all come out with all that. Going back... Decades, mate. Decades. Seriously. This is nothing new. It's just a bit more organised than when we used to do it. That's all. No, but we spoke about it before. It was, the terminology's changed. That's yeah, all. Yeah, that's all it is. That terminology, is all. yeah. Press closing down. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm a, I'm pretty new to the Martin O'Neill experience, shall we call it, in Leicester. And I... So I'm still getting, I've still got my, if you've got time and space, give it to a blue shirt, right? If you get it to a blue shirt, you one. you haven't given it away. It's not my fault, right? If he gives it away, it's his fucking fault, Absolutely. not mine. Now, you ask 99.9% .9 of every professional footballer, they'll tell you absolutely spot on. Not Martin O'Neill. Right, so we get to half time. We're playing Arsenal at Fulbright Street, and I've passed this ball into Sav. It gets to Savage. Savage then tries to do something fucking stupid. Patrick Vieira takes it off and plays it into Sylvan Wiltord. Wiltord has a shot. Tim Flowers has to pull off this. Tips it round the post or tips it over the bar for a corner. I can't remember. And I'm thinking, fucking hell. Right, so we get set at half time. And it's still no-no, I think, at this stage. And so Martin used to come in the dressing room and you know, fucking intense character, mate. I mean You won't think so from oh, the mate, outside. Oh, no, I'm telling you, this is what I'm saying. This is fuck. So and he used to come in from the left, and I would sit, say I'm sat here, it would be Tim Flowers there, then me, then Savage. And then they'd all go all the way around. But it was Tim Flowers near me, and Martin would come in from the back of Tim Flowers and then Ryan. And as I'm looking up as he comes in, I can just fuck, I just know it. I'm fucking having it. Just Eye it. contact. I just know yeah. that 
he's fucking going to give me... And at this point, do you think you're playing well? I'm doing okay. Nil-nil Arsenal. Nil-nil Arsenal. They're fucking world-class players throughout the team. We're doing okay. You know, we're not pulling up any trees, but we're surviving. He starts on, so he starts, and he used to put his hand over his mouth. I don't know why. Jerry Powell! And this is like... You could see it in his eyes. He wanted to rip my fucking head off. You know, he really, and he would, he would have tried as well. You know, he wasn't, he was game. You know, I've scored up there once or twice. And he was game. He was like, let's have it. And he, I mean, aggression, fucking hell. So you can like, see oh, anger in his face, oh, the man. veins, everything. What have I fucking told you, pal? You can give it to Lenny. Nee, Lennon. You can give it to Muzzy. Muzzy, is it? Don't give the ball to fucking Savage. <laughs> you know he can't play fucking football. <laughs> and my lad, <coughs> he's fucking walking out. And Savage is sat next to me on my left. And I've gone, you, you fucking little <laughs> You ever fucking ask the ball out of me, I'll fucking knock you out. Just fucking run around and upset people because he was brilliant at it, Savage. You're right. You know, he was better playing what people give him. Credit for, but essentially, if you compare him to Neil Lennon and Muzzy, you can't. But he did a great job. So I basically got my fucking head chewed off because he gave the ball away. He sounds a bit like Cluffy, but more angrier, because that's something Cluffy would do, well, wouldn't it? Mm. And who did he play for? That's what I'm trying to say. He yeah. also took a bit from Cluffy Absolutely. and used it himself. Absolutely. I, well, I don't know. I, I say I never played under Cluffy, but, you know, his way of thinking wasn't the norm. As a manager, what kind of strikers did you use like coming up against? What were your battles with your like? You, you all know you, you have to play different against everyone. I think you can play against. Uh, there's no point fighting a big Duncan Edwards, and you know what I mean. There's, there's actually no point in fighting a uh, John Artson. You know you've got to play these guys different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean Craig Bellamy, you'd have to play different. He would but always, he give, me, awkward, he always give me problems. He's just, just fast, rapid. He's, he's quick. He's quick. Yeah. And once he's past you, you're not... He likes here. chirping it as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, but he's funny. No, he's one of the funniest. <laughs> Is it good fun? Yeah, he's funny. He would always talk about his own team. Oh, oh he's crappy. So go on, like, do you mean like... When yeah, they say, what, how am I playing with him? <laughs> but I would never speak. So, like, I used to think it was funny, but I never chose my... I never changed my facials or anything. No. So I was just concentrating. But I was, I was laughing. But uh, not letting him know? No, I wouldn't let him know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.